0: Hi, I'm Marcus and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by visiting patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up.
1: Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up.
0: Your dinner out, fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown
1: up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is George hey how's it going guys and mo hey everybody in this episode we're going to go through the crack in the wall to remember the doozers the gorgs the trash heap and of course the <laughs> fraggles it's all about jim henson's fraggle rock very cool before part. we jump into that it's time for some fourth listener email our fourth listener this episode is huey from the blasted or stash it podcast hey huey huey wrote in to say just listen to your best tv theme songs episode Great episode. Well, thank you. Yeah, we had fun with that one. And we're getting a lot of feedback on it, too. A lot of email. I get the uh, bare naked ladies, and they might be giants confused. A lot of people want to remind me of that, too. <laughs> <laughs> you will never live it down. Huey said, I would have to add the following. He had a short list of extras that would have made his top. All right. Let's hear it Magnum PI. That's a good one. The Fall Guy. Uh, That's all right. Chips. Oh, yeah. Chips, definitely. Love Boat. <laughs> yeah. Dallas, Miami Vice, Miami and Vice. Perfect Strangers.
2: Okay. So I'm going to call Huey out here. Uh oh. I don't think Huey listened to the entire episode because I'm pretty sure I had Miami Vice on my list. Yes, you did. What was Perfect Strangers? I did not remember that. Perfect Strangers either. was Balky, the guy who came over from the other land. He was oh, a I remember the herder. show, but it yeah. was the theme song memorable? It doesn't even ring a bell for uh, me. It was cute. Okay. You know, it wasn't Facts of Life, but it was cute.
1: <laughs> but nothing is. But that's right. You, you did do Miami Vice. You actually did Jan Hammer's Miami Vice theme.
0: So Well, he was just reinforcing your choice. That's all. He agrees
1: with you. That's what that's it is. All. He agrees yeah. and wants to reinforce you. He would also have selected. Hewing, Thank you for writing in. We always love when the fourth listener takes time to write into the show. If you'd like to uh, get your email read right on the show, just hit us up at podcast at and you'll go in the hopper. But now it's time to jump into Fraggle Rock right after this. It is Fraggle Rock time. I know this has been on our list of uh, backtracks to do for some time. We selected to do it here because with uh, this show comes out, it's just about September 24th, which is Jim Henson's birthday, would have been his birthday. So we thought it was an appropriate time to talk about one of his many, many wonderful creations, which is Fraggle Rock. Yeah, he, he definitely died way too early. Yeah, so sad. But so the Muppet Show, uh, we all knew and loved so oh, well. Yeah. I think it ran for four or five seasons, but it ended in 1981. It had a a lot of great puppeteers and talent. Mm-hmm. Of course, Jim Henson wasn't done. He wanted to create a new show, but he wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, now, I looked at Wikipedia and their very dry description of Fraggle Rock uh. is Fraggle Rock is a Canadian, British, American children's puppet television series about interconnected societies of Muppet creatures.
0: Yeah, uh, yawn. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm watching that. <laughs> that. That doesn't
1: even scratch the surface of what's so cool about Fraggle Rock. I found a quote where Jim Henson said, I want to do a children's television 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 show that will stop war. That's a, that's a lofty goal. That, that's heavy. Yeah. yeah, that is heavy. His goals for the show, where he said it's kind of like an ecology, this environment, groups of characters dependent on each other, but they didn't know it. And I, when I was a kid, I never saw it that way. I just saw like this adversarial roles. But so you had four main groups of characters. If, if, if you're listening to this and you've never seen Fraggle Rock, do yourself a favor and watch it. And yeah. nothing we do here is going to spoil it for you. This is kind of like background, uh, but we'll just tell you why we loved it so much. So it, Fraggle Rock existed in the real world of our world. And they called us the silly people who lived in outer space. <laughs> the, the primary characters were the Fraggles mm-hmm. who lived underground in these caves. Then there were the Doozers, who were smaller puppets, little puppets, yep. who were always building everywhere. Yep, awesome. And then finally, there were the monsters that I never understood that they were somehow still underground, but they had a sky. But there were the giants called the Gorgs. Gorgs. Yeah, they were huge yep. compared to the Fraggles. They were kind of Henson puppets where like it was a guy in a suit. It wasn't a puppet. Yeah. Well, it's, they still call it a puppet, I guess, but it's puppetry done from inside of the puppet. And so all these different cultures interconnected, and as, as Henson said, they work together
2: depending on each other, but didn't know it. Hmm. I didn't realize it was that deep. I didn't either. Well, I mean, we know the Doozers created their little sculptures that Fraggles would eat. That was like their candy or their food. So. Exactly right. That was one way that was on the surface that they were interconnected. Yeah,
1: that's true, true. That's right. Well, they actually lived in the same environment, right? So the us, the silly people, we lived in outer space and we only saw each other because Uncle Traveling Matt came out to see us, one of the Fraggles, but they only ever saw the gorgs if they had to go visit the all-knowing trash heap to get advice because he was on the other side of where the gorgs were. I can imagine if if someone has never seen Fraggle Rock and hears us talking about this, it's like a fever dream. Like what in the world? (laughs) They said that they weren't in any way political. They were just advocates for joy and people just getting along with each other. Jim Henson ultimately described Fraggle Rock as a high energy, raucous musical romp. (laughs) <laughs> that's fair. That's the surface level that it was. It was very, yeah. very musical. And had high energy, that's for sure. And not just the theme song, but there were always, the Fraggles were always singing. Mm-hmm. And didn't they have this thing like they worked, they had these long like four hour work weeks or something. Do you remember that? <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> something like that. These
1: little tiny jobs. And they spent all their life just relaxing. And
2: yeah, they were the opposite of the doozers. The yep. doozers worked all the time.
1: The doozers were all the workers. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they enjoyed to do. They loved working. And so, you know, so there's that interconnectivity that we were talking about, I guess, the fact that the doozers love to work and build allowed the fraggles to not work so much mm-hmm. for whatever reason. That kind of sounds vaguely communist, I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not political. You know, they, they say the program proved accessible to audiences of all ages because they used fantasy creatures as an allegory to deal with serious issues like prejudice, spirituality, personal identity, the environment and social conflict. And looking back on those, I can see that now. But I think all good fiction, if it's doing things right, it's using that allegorical kind of storytelling to touch on something
0: that's too sensitive to do in kind of real terms. Yeah, I'm kind of like the original Star Trek did that too, right? They 100 uh, percent. That's a great yeah. example, right? Yeah. You know, they definitely looked at social issues and stuff, but, you know, they threw them as aliens instead. So it wasn't we're not talking about you. We're talking about these aliens. Right. It's not <laughs> you. It's, not you. It's, not, <laughs> it's you. not you. it's the people who are right. They're white on the left side, not hey, white right. on the right side. Exactly. Of course.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was the target audience for Fraggle Rock? Because I have to admit, I mean, I enjoyed it and I was not a kid when it came out. Yeah. Well, I like The Muppet Show, of course, which is aimed at adults.
1: I found an article that said the audience we were reaching for was at least where television was concerned, massively underserved. The mid-kid, they called it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it says somewhere between Sesame Street and Reading Playboy. So somewhere <laughs> Wait, between... <laughs> reading with quotes around it or... <laughs> That's right. Reading Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big gap. It's somebody who's young enough, they can still get lost in like the magic and fantasy and the music, but it would still like deal with this it kind of real world problems. So somewhere in between, like the very heavy adult world
0: and the very kid centric world. Okay. Oh, oh. you know, the Fraggles weren't always called Fraggles when they were in development. Really? I mean, I can't imagine Fraggles was like the first thing they came up with, but (laughs) it's like Fraggles. Perfect. You know, I'm sure they had some. What was the uh, pre-production name? I guess they're going to be called Woozles. That sounds very Dr. Zeusian. Yeah, kind of Zeus.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they said they abandoned it when they realized that Winnie the Pooh had creatures Called Woozles. That's right, they
0: did. What are Woozles? I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, I got no clue.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Apparently
0: they exist at Winnie the Pooh. That's all I know. Not to be confused with the Winnie the Pooh Woozles.
1: No, once they got the name Fraggles, for a time it was called Fraggle Hill, but they discarded that because it sounded too British.
2: British. <laughs> Nottingham Hill. Because of Benny Hill or something?
1: <laughs> well, there are a lot of British towns called Hill, you know, you know, yeah. this hill and that hill and that it's a Notting Hill. <laughs> or it could have been Benny Hill, I don't know. Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> well, that plays into the more Playboy-esque kind of angle of it, so maybe so. <laughs>
0: you can go take a bath. Figure out, nap, Eat a dozer, towel,
1: Fraggle Rock was a lot of fun for us to watch as kids, and it may have touched on some really social kind of aspects and uh, deeper tones. But its production in general, there were a lot of firsts that came out of Fraggle Rock. No, oh, yeah. yeah. So first of all, this blew me away. I didn't realize this because I always think of HBO as you know the Sopranos and all this original programming. Yeah. Fraggle Rock was our HBO's first original series. Wow, way before they did anything else. All they they were just playing movies. That's all
2: they were doing. Yeah, I remember when it came out, and that was the big thing people were like, why isn't this on PBS? Why is it on HBO where I have to pay for it? That was like a lot of the friends that I had, because they didn't have HBO. I was if you don't have it. to have HBO, right? Yep. They were mad because they're like, why isn't this on the same channel that Sesame Street is on? And I'm like, I-, I don't know. You suck. I got HBO. <laughs> Just get <Sorry."> HBO <laughs> and
0: then you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, that's interesting though. because I mean when I think HBO original series, I'm thinking Oz or right. Sopranos or Deadwood well, or stuff like that. Yep. I thing it all started with Fraggable Rock is pretty amazing actually. Yeah.
1: HBO said that This is critical to our network's development. Huh. Okay. So cool. So what's some other firsts? Well, another first was that this was the first American produced television show to be broadcast in the Soviet Union. Wow.
0: And that's back in the 80s, huh? Yes. Yeah, that's right. 80 Soviet Union was a lot tougher market to break into. <laughs>
1: well, so after spending time in Moscow in 84 to shoot Jim Henson Presents with a Russian puppeteer, Henson was very interested in bringing his kind of programming into the Soviet Union. Oh, OK. And then after screenings of Dark Crystal and Labyrinth at the Moscow Film Festival, he was ultimately able to sell Fraggle Rock to Russian TV, making it the very first one broadcast there. Wow, oh, that's interesting. And you might want to credit Fraggle Rock in uh, bringing down the Berlin Wall, because just 10 months after Fraggle Rock aired in Russia, the Berlin Wall fell. So, so, maybe it was them. They helped
2: bring the end uh, to the Cold War. Uh, <laughs> I, well, they were just expecting the doozers to help keep it. Structurally <laughs> they would build it again. They would, and and it the again. Real, they would so. put it right back up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They said by the end of the year, as the show's lessons of tolerance and understanding wafted through the airwaves, the Berlin Wall came down. It, it'd be hard pressed to say the Fraggles were there, but clearly they were part of a movement that was more multinational, and that helped.
2: Well, yeah, because we all know it was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> He's the one that actually brought peace to Berlin. Yeah, he brought down the Berlin wall. We know. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> it was all him. Yeah. One of the other facts that I thought was interesting is that it was actually developed for an international market. Like it wasn't a U.S. show that they just moved over to the international. They actually did like separate production pieces. So this is a bit of trivia that I
1: love about Fraggle Rock yeah. that I didn't learn until later in life because you always see Doc in his workshop yep. and the dog, but that scene is reshot for different
0: nationalities, different markets. Really, I mean, they really went like for the culture of the different markets. Like, I think France, wasn't he like a baker or something? He was, yep, yep. He had a bakery. So I just say there was really trying to appeal to like that, to that international market, which I thought was pretty amazing.
1: You could look on YouTube and maybe we We can throw some links in the show notes, but there are still preserved some of the scenes from like the pilot episode from the different countries seeing that outside world that isn't Fraggle Rock. That's in the uh, the workshop, outer space, (laughs) in the outer space. That's right. Yeah, unlike Sesame Street, which was actually created for a single market, America, and adapted. You know, Fraggle Rock was intended from the very beginning to be international, and they built it with that in mind. So it's easy to edit and intercut those other worlds into a different way. That's pretty cool. That's that's far thinking. So you know uh, Lisa Henson, who is. Jim Henson's daughter, Mm -hmm. who is still actually very involved in Henson Productions. I think she's the current CEO of Jim Henson Company, in fact. Yep. And she's quoted as saying, when people learn about Fraggle Rock, they leap in with both feet and immerse themselves in the lore. We feel that because the Fraggles have this special philosophy and because they love music and resolve differences differently from humans, in some ways appeal to artists and musicians, maybe more than other Henson characters.
0: Okay. I mean, I can see that because, I mean, there definitely was not a Sesame Street kid that wasn't their target demographic it really wasn't
1: yeah they say that it it speaks really to a lot of creative types you know a lot of uh, artists and musicians and poets and things they look at
2: because look at the fraggles they got to lay around do their creativity stuff most of the time and everything (laughs) but then you look at the muppet show that had just ended and that was just being a cog in kermit's wheel of corporate production. I mean, nobody, no artist wanted to be part of The Muppet Show. Just That's a really good point. Just driving those people and saying, That's you right. got to get on the stage. you got two minutes to the next show, Miss Piggy. You better hurry up or you're getting turned into bacon. <laughs> hurry the hell
1: up. You know, we're using interchangeably We're talking about Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock and, you know, all the ways it spoke to the creative types. And Jim Henson created it. But you might be surprised to know, as involved as he was in, like, Sesame Street and The Muppet Show, he was not one of the regular performers in Fraggle Rock. He was none of the Muppets. He was none of the live- action guys he didn't appear in it he was just a producer and a creator oh okay. i guess that's not a bad thing necessarily i mean kind of shows that he's willing to kind of let other people
0: take the reins he had a
1: stable of puppeteers that he had trained under his kind of like way of doing things and he brought them in and they're all people who had been like in in the muppet show and other stuff uh, and he moved them right into this but jim henson did make a few little appearances as one character just kind of recurring theme he was called cantus the minstrel he was like this very, very wise Muppet, or Fraggle, I'm sorry, very, very wise Fraggle. fraggle. He, he's, a, he's a Muppet too. And he traveled different parts of the cave and he would stop several times at Fraggle Rock in his great travels and sometimes stop there to help Fraggles find their own song. Oh, okay. I thought that was very poetic because that's kind of what Jim Henson always did for other puppeteers is help them find their voice. And that's what he did to
0: Fraggles in the series. Oh, cool. It was like he was like had a couple scenes in it, though. That kind of makes it. I don't know. Yeah, I think he appeared maybe in two or three episodes. He was a
1: recurring character, but he did—he didn't like steamroll it. He's not. It's not the Jim Henson show. It's the Fraggle Rock creation, and that's how <laughs> it played out.
0: Very cool. <laughs> You know how we were talking about how not every country saw the same humans. Yeah, how they really branded it for each country. Yeah, right. like you know, U.S. it was Doc with the dog. Uh, was named Sprocket? Sprocket. Yep. Sprocket. On, Sprocket. Right. Right. <laughs> like I said, something I learned recently was the fact that wherever you were in the world, they had different things. Like British audiences had like somebody who was like the captain, and he was in a lighthouse, I believe. Yep, a lighthouse. And then, like I said, I think I mentioned that France had a chef with a dog named Croquette, which I think <laughs> Croquette is pretty cool in a bakery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think like <laughs> Australia, America. Uh, I think they all got like the American version, if I'm not mistaken. Like they got Doc and Sprocket.
1: That's right. Yeah, it was the same puppet Sprocket, but he had a different name. I love how so much of Fraggle Rock, we had mentioned that it spoke to creative types. And George, you said a lot of it probably was because of how the Fraggles, how their life was. It was very much the life of a creative kind of person. You wanted to relax and kind of do your own thing. But it was also a lot of the things in Fraggle Rock, they were kind of inside jokes to people that know like any kind of film or television production. Because, for example, Uncle Traveling Matt, who goes out (laughs) in the world right the explorer that is actually a pun a traveling mat is a thing any old movie you look at where people are like sitting in a car and they're driving this is before green screen so much it was a literally a like a big rolling painting that would roll by them and they called oh, the it Cedar a Dream. traveling <laughs> yes it was, it's called a traveling mat it's like a mat oh, painting that. that traveled that's funny yeah so his name was that uh even gobo one of the fraggles yeah that's named after a piece of a film jargon a gobo is a thing you use to shape light that's coming out of one of those big cans well cool. You know, when Hinson and his team invented Fraggle Rock, they were very much looking toward the future. I mean, before, there wasn't an internet or anything yet. As brilliant as they were, they said, we were consciously not inventing Fraggle Rock as a television show. They were making a franchise. They said our intent
0: was to create a mini-layered and complex universe that would resonate in any medium. That's pretty cool. I mean, think about that, because it's, again, like, the internet didn't exist yet. Right. And maybe yeah. they were just looking at, like, animation or movies or whatever. But this idea that they had that, like, they were thinking about that from day one is also something that i don't think anybody else was doing at the time i
1: think ran for almost five seasons i yeah. believe i think it's on like hbo that, yeah. and then in 87 they got an animated series out of it on saturday morning yeah i didn't really watch that again didn't last long <laughs> yeah i didn't really watch it <laughs> did you guys watch any of i didn't watch any because i was still watching fraggle rock did you see the cartoon at all george uh
2: i think i watched a couple of episodes of it it was around about the same time and i think there was also a comic book series that was done oh you're right you're right yes. there was so oh. I think those all kind of came out around that same time frame not maybe not in the same year but right yeah I I
1: remember seeing the comic books but I don't remember ever picking one up but again because I was still watching the show very much because all those came around the same time like supporting media because Fraggle Rock was still on the air as you'll say I guess it was on
0: cable or whatever yeah do we know the, the one thing that keeps I whenever someone says Fraggle Rock the thing that pops in my head is the theme song
1: the song yeah I uh. mean,
0: it is like the most earwormy catchy tune <laughs> yep <laughs> like out there, we brought up like, I guess, when you first said like a couple of weeks ago, hey, we're going to do Fraggle Rock. I was like, start da, singing, da, da,
2: da. Da, 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 da. right? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I still can't get it out. Of my freaking head It's driving me crazy. Well, I think
2: we even had it on one of our lists in the best TV theme song yeah. episode because it is. That's right. Yeah. You know, it, it actually was a hit in England. It reached <laughs> <Really>? number thirty-three
1: <laughs> on the British music charts. Wow! I don't know if it was that good, but it was definitely pretty good. <laughs> right. It's pretty good. You know, something. And going back and rewatching some episodes that I didn't realize when I was a kid, because when you're watching, there's no such thing as binge watching, right? You watch it once per week. Or once every yeah. two weeks when you can get around to it. But the theme song had different endings. So I'm used to knowing Boober at the end and he goes Dumb down and Fraggle rock. rock. Yeah. Doom. But they actually cut five different versions of the different five Fraggles saying down in Fraggle Rock. And oh, really? periodically, they'll use one of the other ones. They rotate it out just to keep you on your toes or what. I don't know. But the one I remember a, is is Boober doing it. Yeah, no, really. I'm going to have to take a look for that. One of the things that always impressed me about the production was looking at the how the puppetry was done. And my eye was always on, even even then, I noticed some cool little details. And the one that grabbed me that I when I watch it again is, so the Fraggles and the Gorgs and the Trash Heap and the Doozers, they all have their the scale, the relative scale to each of them. Right. But in reality, the puppets that make up the fraggles are way too big to be in the same scenes with the gorgs because they're only supposed to be like about eight inches tall. But of course, the puppets are like 15 inch, 20 inch puppets. And so whenever you would see them like running in front of the gorgs, they had some miniature versions
0: (laughs) of the fraggles. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: Because they're not articulated. These must be adorable. They're they're (laughs) tiny. They had to be like eight inches tall. They're probably like on a stick and they just would run across. across. So make sure you maintain the scale.
0: Because I remember seeing one where, like, they would occasionally grab one. Like, they would get their hands on one. That's right. they grab they'd grab the tiny one. Yeah. you see, like, this little tiny puppet in his hand and, oh, and go flying and wind <laughs> up back in his <laughs> bed. And there were
1: episodes where, once in a while, like, the gorgs would catch a fraggle and put him in a cage. Yikes. And you throw them in the cage, but then it would cut to a scene where it was a much bigger cage because you had the full-size puppets in there. Just the production in general always, on top of the quality of the show and the songs and the stories, the puppetry it went beyond like what the Muppet show was doing. Even I thought in terms of creating
2: a world. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Stand up nice and straight. Don't capitulate. Courage lives and it's you. Catch a tail by the tiger. Take the horns by the bull. the bird in need is a friend indeed. So pull the eyes away.
1: Fraggle Rock may have been something that was around in the uh, the mid 80s, mm-hmm. uh, and I know it's still around to watch. Much of it has been released on DVD. I think uh, one or two of the seasons never actually came out, but it doesn't mean you can't get a hold of it. Thanks to George's public domain, it's available. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: actually, I think Hulu has them on their streaming service. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah.
1: good, good. Back in 2009, the Jim Henson Foundation donated a bunch of puppets to the Center for Puppetry Arts in the Atlanta area. And many of those were some of the original Fraggle Rock puppets added to that exhibition.
0: Oh, so something else to do when we're in Atlanta next time, huh?
1: Right. That's right. right. Not just the Lunchbox Museum. There's also the Puppet, yeah, puppet museum.
0: museum. I mean, and there's no such thing as a bad puppet movie.
1: <laughs> exactly right. There's no such thing as a bad puppet movie. <laughs> I'm
0: going to get that in a mug.
1: <laughs> in 2012, an artist named Ben Folds debuted a video for a song called Do It Anyway, which featured Red Goba, Wimbly Boober, Moki, and Traveling Matt all in roles in the video. Oh, How is that? I've never seen this video.
2: I, I have to find a link to that sucker. Well, it was by Ben Folds. So So there's the problem.
1: So you're saying we should watch it on mute, perhaps, is what we should do? Well, no, I mean
2: the most famous thing I know him from was that singing competition. that was all about acapella groups from a few years ago. He was right. one of the judges yeah. on that show. Other than that, I wouldn't even know who he was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so well, all right. Well, it, may, maybe it's worth listening to, but I'll I've find got, I'll I've find got to out see there it. Somewhere. I've got to see it. I'm sure it's counting video, on you. Mo. Sure. Oh man. Well, we mentioned it's out on DVD and it's a Hulu for streaming, but starting in 2014, did you know Hulu launched an original series on Hulu kids called Hulu kids doozers? Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's an animated series all about
0: doozers in the Fraggle Rock universe. Huh. And I had no idea. I didn't either. But I mean, I could totally see doing a whole show based on them because like you said there was the four different layers of people. They were all like very well developed culture, you know, each one. They
1: were the part that I always wanted to know more about. Yeah. Remember, there was one, there was a girl doozer who didn't want to just work all day. She wanted to do something else. Right. And they couldn't, they didn't understand it. I don't remember ever focusing enough on them. I want to know more about these doozers yeah. and to do a whole show about them. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, did you know there's been a Fraggle Rock feature film motion picture in the works for over a decade? What does it keep losing money or is it? It it just gets stuck in production. In 2005, they announced plans to adapt it into a movie and they were going to release it. Stand by. It's coming soon. 2009. Amazon Prime. (laughs) Right. Just like them.
0: But of course, that's 10 years ago.
1: (laughs) So in in the intervening decade, it's gone through ups and downs. uh, But on the heels of a wildly successful new muck at movies, it might actually be headed for the big screen. That's pretty cool. Just as recently as March, Variety Magazine announced that the Fraggle Rock movie is indeed happening. And guess who's attached to produce and star in it? Hmm. None other than Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Why? Not who I would have thought.
0: <laughs> not not the first person not I, I would have thought of. No. But that's pretty cool, though.
1: I know. Here's what he said, which is why. So, Levitt is involved because he says, the first screen personas I ever loved were Henson Creations. First on Sesame Street and then on Fraggle Rock. They make you laugh laugh and sing. They're multi-layered, surprising and wise. So he has a personal attachment to these Muppet creations. Like, well, that's who cool. doesn't? Yeah. All of us. So... It, it sounds like as him being attached to not only be in
0: it, but also produce it, it's probably going to be in good hands. I mean, looking at some of the crap that Netflix puts out,
1: you know, you <laughs> right? think they
0: would totally agree like this one. Yeah, you know?
1: right. <laughs> I know. I mean, I want this to be a release in the theaters film. I would love for Fraggle Rock to be introduced to a new generation because it deserves Enough kids. And yeah. the thing is, Fraggle Rock is aged very, very well. You can go back yeah. and watch an episode now. And because it's not like it's not steeped in any kind of like current human culture, it's its own world. It doesn't matter what year this is happening in the only yeah. things that are dated are when they go out when Uncle Traveling Matt does
0: his report on what happened in the real world and everybody's dressed in these 70s and 80s clothing but other than that well that was the, what you kind of brought up earlier is like the topics and stuff were like it's almost like you know how Shakespeare his topics are so basic that they just keep applying timeless. over and over again yeah. and timeless it's the same thing with the show the, the themes and stuff just don't change I mean the issues they bring up the show are still around I certainly hope that it comes out as a film I know I'm gonna I, I will pre-order I'll my A-list
1: ticket as soon as that thing shows up Yeah, <laughs> before we run wrap up, I want to go around and like, since this is something we all enjoyed and I just want to hear from each one of us, what is your favorite kind of memory of Fraggle Rock? (laughs) Whether it's a character you identified
0: with or a a single episode or just a theme or whatever. And let's start with you, Mo. I can say my favorite characters on the Fraggle Rock was always the Doozers because- They were always doing something, building mm-hmm. something, and things would get destroyed. They didn't care; they would just build it again. I mean, and I did. I guess part of it's like the whole mystery behind them too. Like every episode, yeah. I wanted. To, hopefully, they would peel another layer off what these doozers are about, and they never really did. Yeah. But that was that's fine. I mean, as I said it kept me interested. They left the mystery, yeah. But the doozers, the characters, plus they were, they're freaking adorable. I mean, they were like they these really little are. tiny yeah. things, but I don't know something about them. I just really, really liked them, and I wish like I had a couple live in my house to fix all the stuff around here <laughs> to just build you some. characters candy to eat yeah,
2: exactly right. like <laughs> <they do. laughs> George how about you uh, it was the intro I mean every time that music would start and they do, would do, 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 do. do the <laughs> the camera <angles> down <laughs> through the shop and through the crack in the wall and down into the fraggle world and everything it was just really engrossing and it brought you into the world every single time in the perfect way you knew exactly what the show was going to be about whether you had seen episode 1 through 20 or just started with episode 21 didn't matter hmm. Yep, you
1: know I was one of those guys you mentioned that didn't have HBO initially. My buddy down the street had HBO, and so I would have to beg him to come over his house to watch Fraggle Rock after school because they scheduled to be an after-school thing during the day, so kids could catch it. And then later, I got HBO. But my favorite characters in watching it once I finally could watch it when I wanted was I was always fascinated by the Gorgs because not just that they had their own little culture. There were three Gorgs. Period. Right. The dad was the king, and the woman was the queen, and the son was the prince, and they were the own little world. Didn't they refer to this as like, weren't they weren't a king of the universe or something? Of the I universe. Mean, so they yeah. thought they owned everything and their just own little world. But there was some interesting character development throughout the series of Junior Gorg, the Prince Gorg. He didn't hate the Fraggles as much as his parents did. They were more afraid of them than anything. But whenever the Gorgs and the Fraggles would interact, that was what I was most interested in to see, well, they're really adversaries. They hate each other, but they didn't have a good reason why. And I think that plays right into the themes of they're interdependent on each other and don't realize it. And as they start to kind of come together, and what I think one have been my favorite part that I didn't ever see—did you know that I didn't in the, in the finale episode of Fraggle Rock that Doc actually meets the Fraggles that he had never seen really? in the whole series? I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I gotta go know, back I and watch it. You, I
0: didn't know they did a final episode. <laughs> to be honest, so that's interesting. I know, itself.
1: right? Well, see, I, well, we didn't binge it or watch it in reality, so I, I, I'm keeping myself from going back and just watching the final episode because I don't want to do that. I want to watch the series and have the final episode as a payoff. But they never saw each other. Sprocket the dog would see them but Doc never would but in the finale episode Doc meets them and realizes they're living together and I think that was a neat send off for a series that was really had deeper meanings than just a puppet
0: show (laughs) right (laughs) every sunrise shows me more and more so much to explore come and follow me every morning every day
1: You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to wrap up our retrospective look back on Fraggle Rock, the uh, 1980 series by Jim Henson on HBO. Before we leave, I absolutely want to take a moment to thank all these fine folks who support us over on Patreon. I'm talking to you, Marcus and Greg and Agile and Slobo and John and Chad and Dana. Blasted or stashed at T Two Will Thomas, Mike Stupaka, <laughs> Levi and Corey. That uh, two breaths is taking me to get through this yeah. now. Wow! Uh, so grateful. These are all folks who give a few dollars a month to support Gen X Grown Up, our podcast and our YouTube channel uh, and what we do on our website. If you would like to join them, and we hope you will, head over to patreon.com slash up. Grown up, and you can see all the details there. We will be back in two weeks with a new backtrack, but next week with a regular edition of our show. Uh, until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. Fourth listener, we appreciate you most of all, though, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the gww.com. Well, he he had this stable of of artists, of puppets, of puppets, of puppeteer, puppeteers. puppeteers. Part of the Jim Henson Foundation, uh, a donation of puppets to the, let me say that again. On April oh there's Hulu first series oh shit there's a series I read that earlier forgot okay I'll do that again <laughs> I guess that's a blooper and I go, oh shit my own writing <laughs>
2: <laughs> I guess so
0: hit <laughs> pass moto sponsored by moto america is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you from candid interviews with the top names in racing providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry we have you covered new episodes are available every thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app right on